0: Section 25 of The Science History of the Universe, Volume 8. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Hawaii in March 2021. The Science History of the Universe, Volume 8. Edited by Francis Rolt Wheeler. Part 3 mathematical applications chapter six aviation for more than two centuries man has been trying to invent a means whereby he might navigate the air but it is only since the beginning of the twentieth century that any degree of success has been attained the apparatus used in aviation divides roughly into two classes Dirigible balloons and the so-called gasless, or heavier-than-air machines, represented by the biplane, the ornithopter, or beating-wing machine, and the helicopter, or direct-lift machine. The dirigible balloon has already, relatively speaking, arrived at some degree of perfection, insomuch as the serious difficulties connected with this type of aerial locomotive have been largely overcome the gas bag with the volume of gas employed has been brought to its smallest practicable size and the weight of subsidiary material and machinery has it is believed been brought to its lowest limit of safety with the inventions of count zeppelin germany has been in the lead so far as actual progress in the making of dirigible balloons is concerned but france is a close second As long ago as 1907, the Zeppelin dirigible, 413 feet in length, attained a speed of 34 miles an hour, and covered more than 200 miles in one ascent, which lasted eight hours. La Patrie, a dirigible owned by the French government, travelled without rest from Paris to Verdun, 142.8 miles, at a mean speed of more than 20 miles an hour great britain italy spain and the united states have also produced dirigibles but no essential advance in the principle has been made the american baldwin dirigible has a gas bag of eighty four feet in length with a capacity of eighteen thousand cubic feet the frame is sixty six feet long the twelve-foot propeller placed on the forward end of the frame has a speed of four hundred fifty revolutions a minute the ship is kept on an even keel and is lowered or raised by a number of box-like planes near the forward end operated by the aviator it is driven by a twenty horsepower curtis engine the frame is almost as long as the gas bag and is attached to it by means of a fine strong netting while the operators are carried in two cars. The Baldwin is distinctly an American machine, but bears a general resemblance to the enormous German dirigibles. Germany, represented by Count Zeppelin, has made significant contributions to aeronautics. August 1909 was commemorated by a recording-breaking flight of the dirigible Zeppelin III from Friedrichshafen to Berlin it was a triumph of count zeppelin's scientific skill and his patient courage and perseverance at the end of the remarkable journey the roofs streets and parks of the german capital swarmed with people singing and cheering as the airship sailed round the palace and cathedral and landed in the tempelhof parade ground where the emperor empress and many leading officials were waiting to receive the aged count The dirigible, as at present designed, consists of a huge skeleton framework of aluminum alloy over which is stretched continental rubberized fabric. The ship is sixteen-sided, with long latticework girders springing out from the solid central prow, giving the ship the required shape. It is something more than 440 feet long and has 17 separate gas envelopes. It can be used over water owing to its floating cars it can mount duplicate engines of considerable horsepower, and it has a far wider range of action and utility than any other aerial vessel already it holds every record in distance altitude and duration in the air The helicopter is a machine with an upright shaft and revolving blades, which can rise nearly vertically or at a steep angle, and has other points of advantage over the aeroplane, though it has not yet been perfected for practical use. It is said that the helicopter was first suggested 400 years ago by the artist Leonardo da Vinci as a practical, comparatively simple and inexpensive flying device. One of the most successful helicopters has two superposed propellers in horizontal parallel planes mounted on concentric hollow shafts, revolving in opposite directions and driven by an eight-cylinder, 40-horsepower, air-cooled Curtis motor. The propellers are 17 feet in diameter, and the platform is 16 feet square the machine possesses in a marked degree the desiderata of initial stability and flexibility of movement it has attained a speed of thirty miles an hour the aeroplane it is evident has not nearly attained its possible limit of perfection the great originator of the flying machine was lilienthal who after exhaustive study and experimentation with specially designed apparatus modelled after the wings of birds was the first man to glide with large wing-like surfaces through the air lilienthal was compelled to use his machine merely as an aerial coaster as there was no light motor then in existence several distinguished aerial engineers have emulated lilienthal's zeal among whom are herring the Wright brothers and Glenn H. Curtis in America, Henri Bleriot in France, Henry Farman and Latham in England. Herring improved on Lilienthal's machine, changing his design and providing the glider with a wonderful mechanism which performed most of Lilienthal's acrobatic feats automatically. To one of these machines, he later applied stored power in the shape of compressed air applying this to two large wooden screw propellers he was able to fly horizontally instead of coasting downward for the short time his power would last since then curtis has invented a light motor of great ingenuity which has successfully been applied to the aeroplane and the helicopter the actual methods by which practical progress is made in the equipment and operation of these machines is more or less shrouded in mystery so far as the public is concerned but results are evident the wright brothers began work on the lilienthal basis as did herring they also worked out their own methods of controlling the glider by mechanical means the chief feature of the wright aeroplane lies in the application of the petrol motor to the propelling blades it is the lightness of this motor that has made progress possible in this direction. The propellers force the machine through the air, and the two planes, from which the machine gets its name, biplane, support it. The two planes are rigid at their tips, which can be twisted in order to prevent too much tilting when turning. It is guided by a horizontal rudder in front and another, ordinary rudder, at the rear. The length of the planes had become difficult to handle, therefore it was cut in two and one plane placed above the other. The whole mechanism is handled by a single operator who is seated in the centre of the lower plane. The Aerial Experiment Association operating at Hammondsport, New York, has contributed interesting chapters to the history of aviation. The June Bug, a very efficient type of aeroplane, was constructed by this body in winning the trophy on july fourth nineteen o eight the machine rose rapidly to a height of twenty feet and sped on traversing a distance of one mile in one minute and forty-two seconds corresponding to an average speed of thirty-five one-tenth miles per hour the first transoceanic flight was that of pleriot the french experimenter who performed in august nineteen oh nine the feat of crossing the English Channel in a monoplane. During the first week of august nineteen oh nine, the first international aviation race meet held anywhere in the world took place near the city of Rheims, France. It was there that the best achievements of the heavier than air machines were exhibited, and practically every contribution to the science of aviation by motor placed before the public the exhibitions of aerial skill were such as to make the week a memorable one in the history of aviation new records were made and broken every day and the safety of the flying machines was as remarkable as their efficiency flights were made during rain and when the wind was blowing twenty-five miles an hour altogether there were thirty-eight aeroplanes entered in the various contests and races for which 40,000 dollars in cash-prizes was offered. The machines which made flights were divided about equally between the monoplane and the biplane types, although the latter type was rather more in favour. Of the machines of this kind five were right biplanes, five were biplanes of the wassa cellular type with a tail, and three of the farman type with a tail, but without vertical partitions between the main planes the curtis biplane which is modelled closely after the pattern used by the wright brothers represented america these machines were entered in contests for speed in long-distance flights for sprints for passenger carrying power and for duration of flight flights of half an hour an hour an hour and a half became common early in the meeting and on tuesday m paul Han, driving a voisin biplane broke the record made by wilbur wright at le mans france in nineteen o eight by flying for two hours and forty-three minutes in that time he covered eighty-three miles and only descended when his fuel was exhausted the next day his record in point of distance was promptly superseded by m latham the french aerialist who made the first though unsuccessful attempt to fly across the english channel in an antoinette monoplane m latham circled the course fifteen times covering a distance of ninety-six miles in two hours and eighteen minutes this is about the same time that mr wright remained in the air on his record flight in nineteen o eight but during that time he covered only seventy-seven miles on the twenty-eighth friday mr farman an englishman flying in a biplane of his own design once more set the mark at a higher point he flew about one hundred eighteen miles remaining in the air more than three hours breaking the records made both by monsieur latham and monsieur his performance won for him the champagne grand prize bleriot made the best time for a single round of the course during the first part of the week covering the distance of six one-fifth miles in almost exactly eight minutes and four seconds in the middle of the week the international aviation trophy was contested france was represented by two monoplanes a bleriot and an antoinette and a right biplane while america was represented by one tiny biplane with an eight-cylinder motor designed and operated by Glenn h curtis the real race was between bleriot and curtis the champions of the biplane and monoplane types of flying machines respectively the morning of the contest august twenty eighth was mild calm and hazy at Reims. curtis after a preliminary round of the course circled round once in front of the grandstand and crossed the line at full speed the aeroplane pitched perceptibly and the turns were at first rather wide Nevertheless, he made the two rounds in record time, the second being four one-fifths seconds faster than the first. The total time of the rounds was fifteen minutes, fifty-three-fifths seconds, corresponding to an average speed of forty-seven point zero four miles an hour. Blériot was unable to better this record, though his monoplane flew splendidly, without any rolling or pitching his time was five three-fifths seconds more than that of curtis the third place in the competition was secured by latham who flew at a height of about one hundred fifty feet and covered the course in seventeen minutes thirty-two seconds lefebvre the third french representative with a right biplane fitted with a forty horse power motor was fourth making the course in twenty minutes forty-seven seconds the passenger-carrying competition was won by Henry Farman, who, after making a round with one passenger in 9 minutes 53 four-fifths seconds, carried two people around the course at a speed of 34.96 miles an hour. The total life weight lifted by his machine was in the neighborhood of 450 pounds. Farman's biplane was the only machine that succeeded in carrying three people. Bleriot's number 12 monoplane, however, was the first aeroplane to accomplish this feat, which it did at Douai in June 1909. At that time, a total weight of 1,234 pounds was carried at about 30 miles an hour with a 30 horsepower motor. The chief event of the meet at Reims, however, was the contest for the James Gordon Bennett Cup of the fastest flight of 30 kilometers early in the week it was evident that bleriot and curtis were the two serious candidates for this prize and the excitement over the two contestants was intense bleriot started on his journey crossed the line and made the first turn at a rapid rate flying at a low elevation he disappeared from sight however at the far end of the long course and presently it was found that his machine had suddenly dived to the ground caught fire and was rapidly being consumed this unfortunate accident eliminated serious rivalry to the american machine which had already proved its remarkable powers curtis made the three rounds of the course in his sixty horse power biplane in twenty three minutes twenty nine seconds or at a speed corresponding to forty seven point six miles an hour the second lap of the course was made at a speed of 47.73 miles an hour. Latham, with the Antoinette monoplane, was second in this contest, and the right biplane third. Thus the Prix de la vitesse also fell to Curtis, bringing to America the lion's share of the honours of the meeting. The Curtis biplane carries an eight-cylinder water-cooled motor, weighing 200 pounds. All valves are mechanically operated and the ignition is by magnet. The weight of the aeroplane loaded is 700 pounds, the total surface is 225 square feet. The thrust developed by the propellers is 280 pounds and its greatest speed is 47.73 miles an hour. The machine is, in comparison to the other types of biplane, compact and small weighing less than half as much as those of his competitors the contest seems to have settled many of the mood questions concerning stability landing and manipulation of the machines the most important factor appears to be the reliability of the motor the spectacle during the week's contest was an unprecedented one for at times six machines were in the air at once the last few years have seen the revolutionary triumph of the flying machine over gravity the coming years will see its evolutionary subjugation of the treacherous element into which it has launched itself flight is a new mental and physical experience says thomas s baldwin the inventor of the u s military dirigible balloon in a recent article It transposes one to a world of action and emotion, in direct contrast to much of what one feels and lives on the hard surface of the globe. It tends to exhilarate and exalt the mind. It changes the registry and the workings of a number of the human sensors, and it breathes into the body an overflowing measure of health, endurance, and power. The elimination of the force of gravity affects the habits of gravity. The mind's freedom is denoted by an enormous increase of energy and power of action. The gravity of every square inch of the plane on which one stands or sits, and of every ounce of one's body, have been neutralized by a buoyancy of a gas lighter than air, or by mechanical force and pressure upon the air. The aeronaut brings a measure of this power from the heavens down to the earth with him, as he alights from his ship after a long voyage one touches the ground with the feeling that he can step over tall buildings leap broad rivers and fly from place to place his tread upon the ground is like walking upon bags of wool this fact explains why so small a percentage of persons who fall in flight are killed this apparent lightness and buoyancy remains in the very bones for many hours after one has made a protracted aerial voyage and lures one back to the height of the air it is a sensation of pleasure that the great majority of humanity have yet to know first we shall fly a step in a crude machine we have begun to do that then in time we shall sail the air in great ships and in some remote day man will pass through the air in his own body solely no one who has keenly felt the joy and triumph of flight in his own person can fail to believe in this last prediction. But it would be doing mathematics a grievous injustice to level its applicative value to mechanical inventiveness, for if there is one thing that is more sure than another, it is that the development of machinery, marvellous though it has been, is but one, and a small, part of the heritage that modern mathematics has given. The scope of logistics is immeasurable and there are not wanting evidences that abstruse subjects supposed to be inherently psychologic may come under the magic spell of number whether imagination itself shall ever be reduced to a fourth dimension in space man cannot yet know but regarding that spiritual essence of man the mathematician has always his fixed idea cassius j kaiser couples the science with what was once known as the queen of all sciences, and makes mathematics the key to a vaster realm than it has hitherto conquered. I do not believe, he says, that the present declined state of theology is destined to be permanent. The present is but an interregnum in her reign, and her fallen days will have an end. She has been deposed mainly because she has not seen fit to avail herself promptly and fully of the dispensations of advancing knowledge. The aims, however, of the ancient mistress are as high as ever, and when she shall have made good her present lack of modern education and learned to extend a generous and eager hospitality to modern light, she will reascend and will occupy with dignity as of yore an exalted place in the ascending scale of human interests and the esteem of enlightened men. And mathematics, by the character of her inmost being, Is especially qualified i believe to assist in the restoration it was but little more than a generation ago that the mathematician philosopher and theologian bernhard bolzano dispelled the clouds that throughout all the foregone centuries had developed the notion of infinitude in darkness completely sheared the great term of its vagueness without shearing it of its strength and thus rendered it forever available for the purposes of logical discourse whereas too in former times the infinite betrayed its presence not indeed to the faculties of logic but only to the spiritual imagination and sensibility mathematics has shown even during the life of the elder men here present and the achievement marks an epoch in the history of man that the structure of transfinite being is open to exploration by the organon of thought again it is in the mathematical doctrine of invariance the realm wherein are sought and found configurations and types of being that amid the swirl and stress of countless hosts of transformations remain immutable and the spirit dwells in contemplation of the serene and eternal reign of the subtle law of form it is there that theology may find, if she will, the clearest conceptions, the noblest symbols, the most inspiring intimations, the most illuminating illustrations, and the surest guarantees of the object of her teaching and her quest an eternal being, unchanging in the midst of the universal flux. End of section twenty five. End of the science history of the universe. Volume eight Mathematics, edited by Francis Rolt Wheeler.